podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has finally come. Welcome back to the Cricket Corner podcast with me Watsal Vora as we preview the first test match between England and Australia here in the Ashes coming to you from Edgbaston in Birmingham. Well, there have been two hyped test series in 2023 and both of them have included Australia. The Border Gavaskar Trophy earlier in this year between India and Australia was one of the most hyped test series as far as the Indians are concerned and there is no bigger test series than the Ashes and when it's coming to England in the sunshine possibly it is going to be massive five test matches to look forward to and it is going to be a blockbuster of a series as far as both sides are concerned both sides in equally good form as far as the test cricket is concerned and it is going to be a hell of a ride for the next couple of months month and a half uh, until the end of july that is and it is going to be fabulous there are five test matches in this year's ashes like it is in every other ashes series the first one is at edgbaston the second test will be from lords will be played at lords the third test is at headingley fourth old trafford manchester and fifth and the final test as usual will be played at the oval in south london Let's let's start about talking about Australia first, shall we? Ever since I started the Cricket Corner podcast back in February, Australia has featured quite a lot of times here on this platform, the Border Gavaskar Trophy, the World Test Championship final, and now the Ashes. So I'm quite confident in previewing Australia. I think I know the side quite well. I have seen them play good test cricket for the last couple of months now and yeah australia will be coming into the ashes on the back of winning the world test championship final against india they completely demolished india by 209 runs so that's some great start to their preparations ahead of the ashes if you want to listen to more stuff world test championship final me and three of my friends recorded the world test championship final review episode I think what that was on Monday so you can go and check that out if you want I'll put the link in the description of Spotify and YouTube so you can have a look at that but yeah Australia have have been excellent they played to the conditions really well in the World Test Championship final and I feel like their performance and their preparations are meticulous as far as the Ashes are concerned and they will be having there will be having a lot of confidence going into the ashes i think the win against india would have been a massive morale boost and not only morale boost for one side of the camp i think it was a morale boost as far as the bowling is concerned the batting is concerned the fielding was quite good as well wicket keeping in general by alex carey was brilliant as well so yeah an overall package in an overall package i guess australia would be quite pleased with how they have started their tour of england and with five test matches coming up i think it's it's just a perfect way to kick start and give you that morale coming into arguably five of the most important test matches you are going to play in the next couple of years so yeah as i mentioned 209 run victory over india and the team composition of australia is so spot on that regardless of what test match you play in whichever conditions one can easily predict their starting 11 in in test cricket in general 
like you all know David Warner is going to open with Usman Khawaja you know Manas Labushain will be at 3 Steve Smith will be at 4 Travis Head at 5 Green at 6 Carey at 7 and then you have the fast bowling of Stark Cummins Boland and the spin of Nathan Lyon it's it's a given i think that's the reason why this Australian side is so good as far as the test format is concerned because they don't crop and change things like like someone like india do they they stick to their bases and these 11 or 12 players have played with each other for the last 3 to 4 years now and it's fabulous to see the that that they gel well the composition is to the point and and i see no changes for the first test match in edgebaston as well now there have been talks surrounding australia's bowling lineup because as i mentioned it was scott boland who played in the world test championship final and it was not josh hazelwood now josh hazelwood is coming back from an injury and in an ideal scenario it's josh hazelwood who will play hands down it's stark cummins and hazelwood have been their bowling trio for i don't know for the last 4 5 years now i feel like they have been together for so long that they are arguably three of the most feared bowlers as far as the test format is concerned so in an ideal scenario australia would have played josh hazelwood but how well was how well scott boland played against india is the reason why there has been some talks here and there about whether it would be appropriate to drop scott boland because i think pat cummins has already mentioned that hazelwood is fit he's match fit but it's all going to come down to whether you want to just sideline scott boland after a wonderful display against the indians scott boland picked up five wickets in the world test championship finally picked up the all important wicket of virat kohli on day 5 with a wonderful ball outside of stump and got getting the edge of kohli's bat so he's in form and the australia and the sorry the english conditions kind of suit the way scott boland bowls wonderful line and length drops a little bit short gets a bit of movement of the pitch and there is there are questions surrounding his inclusion as well now there have been rumors stating that both boland and hazelwood can play for the australians and it would be mitchell stark who would make way for josh hazelwood now personally for me i would not do that because mitchell stark yes he had a bit of iffy time in the world test championship final he was amongst the wickets don't get me wrong but he was quite expensive going at nearly 6 runs and over which is not appropriate if if you are playing test cricket and and it would pers- personally not be more appropriate to play mitchell stark because he will be coming up against a fiery english batting lineup who will be taking taking their chances and will be pass bowling all kinds of bowlers so you don't want mitchell stark against uh, and england batting lineup which is going to play positive cricket so well I kind of makes it kind of makes sense to you know sideline Mitchell Stark for the first test match give Josh Hazelwood a run for the run in the in the team but then Mitchell Stark is a valuable contributor when it comes to the batting side as well he is a very handy number 8 for the Australians we saw that in the world test championship final as well when he scored like 40 44 runs in the second innings which propelled australia to put on that mammoth target of 440 odd against india so that is one thing that needs to be considered as well 
because Josh Hazelwood and Scott Boland are not that great with the bat but at least Mitchell Stark offers you something with the bat and that is the batting side even in even in the bowling side of things Mitchell Stark offers you something extra he gives you that left arm angle while both Hazelwood Boland and to an extent not to an extent even Pat Cummins is a right-hander so that's that's no not much difference there there's no much not not much cropping and changing happening as far as the Australian bowling will be concerned if they play Hazelwood Boland and Mitchell Hazelwood Boland and Pat Cummins even Cameron Green is a right-hander so having a left-hander could be vital and there have been people there are people saying that Mitchell Stark helps create that rough area for Nathan Lyon which can be exploited in the on the fourth and the fifth day so there are a lot of positives to pick Mitchell Stark and I think Josh Hazelwood will have to sit out of the first test match if I am the Australian management if I am Pat Cummings I would personally go with the same lineup because they gelled so well they played played wonderful cricket together and I don't feel there is need to change as far as the Australian bowling is concerned even though Ricky Ponting says that if Hazelwood is fit he comes into the starting 11 but personally don't make changes you have had a good start to the uh, English summer then why not just stick with the side which has done you and won you an ICC trophy so I personally would play Mitchell Stark and Scott Boland together that was the Australian bowling. Now let's talk about Australian batting. And when you talk about Australian batting in English conditions, you have to talk about Steve Smith. Steve Smith is one of Australia's legends, modern day legends, as far as the test format is concerned. When it comes to facing England, he's right up there with all the greats of the sport, likes of Ricky Ponting, Steve Waugh, and etc. Steve Smith scored 774 runs in the last Ashes. He has scored a total of 1,882 runs in English conditions at an average of 60.18. He loves the big stage and there is no bigger stage in Test cricket for Australia than the Ashes. And he is going to be up for it. He's already started scoring runs in England. He scored 121 against India in the World Test Championship final at the Oval. And he's now averaging nearly 100, if not above 100 at the Oval. I think prior to starting that World Test Championship final against India, he averaged 97 at the Oval. And he has now scored three centuries on the ven- in the venue. And he's going to be up for it. I think Steve Smith is going to be Australia's main batsman when it comes to facing the English bowling attack. And... He needs to be partnered though. He needs to be partnered by the likes of Labushain, Head. If one of the openers can hang in there for the second wicket, then uh, even Khwaja and Warner are necessary as far as the Australians are concerned. But yeah, Steve Smith is going to be one hell of a player for the English bowling to worry about because he has had so much success in England. The last Ashes were can be titled as Steven Smith's Ashes if you want, even though it didn't go down well for the Australians. But yeah, it is going to be vitally important for the English to get rid of Steve Smith early. It's it's going to be like Steve Smith is going to be the door which would unlock 
the tail if you might as far as the england are concerned like get his wicket and you can get the rest of the wickets relatively cheaply but he's going to stand firm for the australians and i feel like with all the numbers which are behind him i think there's no doubt in my mind that steve smith will be australia's key wicket and england need to work out and make out a plan to get him out quickly so yeah we talked about australia there now let's shift our attention and talk about the host England and England are featuring on the Cricket Corner podcast for the first time this in this year and it has been a monstrous effort from England the basketball is now one year old and they have won 13 test matches uh, is uh, is, uh, is that right like 13 test matches and, and they have lost two I remember they lost uh, once to South Africa last year and they lost to New Zealand a couple of months back so yeah they have lost to 113 and they've just revolutionized test cricket and it looks like the same basketball philosophy is going to work and is going to be in full effect in the ashes as well similar to how australia defeated india in the world test championship final england also played one test match before the ashes but it was a couple of weeks now they faced ireland and they won by 10 wickets there were some hiccups in the second innings when Ireland went on and scored 362 runs against England, but I don't think that mattered in the grand scheme of things. England posted a mammoth 524 runs and we're going at an approximate run rate of 6.4, which is unheard of in test cricket. They played 82 overs and scored 524 runs. Now, 82 overs is basically one day of test cricket and in one day they have scored 500 runs you can look at from that angle they have already scored 506 when they were playing pakistan in rawalpindi towards the end of 2022 and that was the signs of things to come in the ashes now it is going to be we all know how england are going to play ben stokes has said it time and time again that regardless of the result the viewers are going to be entertained they're going to play brave cricket they are going to come out with positive intent and this is something which has worked which is which has worked against some great teams which has worked against the likes of new zealand in a one-off test against india against south africa against pakistan and to an extent against new zealand away from home as well so there is no doubt in my mind that it could not work against australia but let's be honest australian bowling attack is something else and it's completely foreign to what england have already faced the likes of Cummins, Stark, Poland, Hazelwood, Lyon, Green are going to test them well beyond what they have already faced. But England are prepared to face this onslaught. They have already, there are rumors and circulating that they are going to have flat pitches, batting wickets, which would aid their batting, which will aid Australian batting to an extent as well. But hey, they, that's the direction in which England are going to go. And it is going to be fantastic to watch. One of, if not the best bowling attack in current test match circuit against arguably the fe- the most fear- fearless batting lineup. And it is going to be a clash of the titans. But yeah, there have been some talks about english batting and let's let's talk about english batting now shall we when you talk about the english batting in in the test format you eventually have to talk about zach crawley zach crawley has still been backed by the english selectors he played 
he scored like 56 59 runs against ireland now don't get me wrong those were some great runs but you you can still see flaws in zach Rawley's batting there were cup like three or four instances when he could have chopped on from an inside edge but he was lucky that those went to the boundary and some can and many can argue that he just scored 70s like sorry he just scored 56 against a relatively poor ireland bowling attack but then credit to crowley i think he has a lot of pressure heading into this ashes he has kept his place but and he has been named in the squad for the first two test matches but if things go sour and things don't work out for him in the first two test matches at Edgbaston Edgbaston and Lords then does England give up on him and just replace him with another opener for the remainder of the three test matches well I'm not quite sure but if the English selectors Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes are backing Crowley to do them and give them a good start basically that's why they have gone with Zach Crowley because once he gets going he gives you those runs relatively quickly compared to the likes of Ben Duckett and Ollie Pope he will give you runs at a really alarming rate once he's settled down but that's the problem he he takes his good time to settle down and there have been so many instances where he has been dismissed well before he is used to the conditions and the pitches so Zach Crowley is going to be very very important for Australia if they get him early they they get into the Australian middle of the Indian English middle order relatively quickly but if Zach Crowley hangs in there for 20-25-30 overs and the game is already in English hands because if he plays for a hundred deliveries or a 70 deliveries you know he's going to get a 90 or a hundred in relatively quick fashion so they're the the english side are banking on crawley to give them a start and that's the reason why he is in the lineup and i expect him to play in, in both of the first first two test matches of the ashes regardless of how he plays at Edgebaston, regardless of how he played at lords against ireland so yeah here is my English lineup for the first test of the Ashes. Crawley and Duckett to open, Pope at 3, Joe Root at 4, Harry Brook at 5, Johnny Pesto is back, he'll be keeping wickets, so he's at 6, Captain Ben Stokes at 7, then you have to play Moin Ali, there's a reason why you have picked Moin Ali in the, in the team, he has replaced an injured Jack Lee. Jack Lee is it out for the rest of the actress. So you have brought Moin Ali back, back from retirement. So there is no doubt in my mind that Moin Ali will be playing. Stuart Broad will be playing as well. And so is James Anderson. Now, James Anderson and Stuart Broad are guaranteed starters for me in the Edgebaston test. Don't get me wrong. But then for that last seam, seamer, the last place for a seamer is being contested by four players. There is Mark Wood, Josh Tung, Ollie Robinson and Chris Vokes. I don't think Chris Vokes will get a game. So let's let's talk about Mark Wood, Josh Tung and Ollie Robinson. In an ideal world, you want Ollie Robinson in your team because he has had an excellent last 12 months and he's arguably been England's best fast bowler if, if you discuss if you discount James Anderson so Ollie Robinson does have an edge but then Josh Tung Ollie Robinson 
he played in place of Ollie Robinson, Josh Tung. He made his debut against Ireland and he took five wickets, didn't he? So in the second inning. So he's coming on the back of some form. But then do you do you risk playing Josh Tung against the mighty Australian bowling? Against the mighty Australian batting, sorry. I don't think so. And I personally feel like it would be Ollie Robinson who will get who will get the kick because there's a reason why he didn't play in the Ireland Test match. There's a reason why both him and James Anderson were rested because they want both of them to be fit and fine and be coming out all guns blazing against the Australian batting lineup when the first test arrives, which is in just two days' time now. So I would personally go with Ollie Robinson. You still have Mark Food in the team. He can give you that extra pace. He's been an excellent test bowler for the past couple of years now, but he has had his injury concerns. But... Uh, yeah, it's it's a good addition to have him in the in the test squad along with Chris Wokes, but I would personally go with Ollie Robinson and I see him alongside Broad and Anderson for the first test match at least. Now let's also talk about Moen Ali and and it's going to be a real plus for England to have him in the in the test lineup because it extends their batting and Moen Ali can play in that basketball kind of a style as well he is a very handy player in the limited overs overs format he's a very good player when it comes to t20 cricket as well he played a great cameo in the final against pakistan in the in the t20 world cup back in 2000 and like latter stages of 2022 in australia and he's recently won the ipl with chennai super kings as well so he is a very handy player and when you have someone like moin ali coming down at number seven or number eight it's going to put pressure back on the Australian bowling lineup because hey when you have the likes of Pope, Root, Brook, Pesto and Stokes and now to top it off you have someone like Moin Ali coming in that extends your batting lineup and it's going to be it is a massive plus to have him back in the <coughs> sorry in the test test setup and it and it that is no doubt in my mind that he's going to play as I mentioned because you don't have a second spinner in your team and regardless of how the conditions are in England you definitely need one spinner at least you have Joe Root who can bowl part-time spin as well but I think Moin Ali will be the designated spinner in this in this Ashes particularly towards the early stages of the Ashes you cannot say what will happen towards the latter stages but at least in the early stages you can expect Moin Ali to be England's main spinner we saw the importance of spin in the World Test Championship final, didn't we? It was a green wicket, green pitch towards the start of that oval test match. But when you get when you got to day four and day five, you you started seeing the ball grip and turn, which was com- which was exploited to the fullest by the likes of Ravindra Jadeja and Nathan Lyon. Nathan Lyon picking up four wickets in India's second innings, which was played on day four and day five pitches so that's the reason why you need at least one good spinner in your team Moin Ali can give you that as I mentioned Joe Root can give you part-time spin as well so that is going to be really really exciting to see Moin Ali back in the test setup so yeah that is the preview of the first test match between England and Australia here in the Ashes, the 2023 Ashes, which kickstarts on Friday, the 16th of June at Edge Paston. There, there is no doubt in my mind that this is going to be one of the best test series in recent history 
but if i had to predict a winner i would personally go with a closely contested 3-2 win for england because there is no doubt in my mind the way england has started playing test cricket there is there aren't going to be draws in this in this ashes series i don't see any test match ending in a draw it is either going to be a full out england win or an australian win if they counter bass ball and their positive intent of play but personally for me i go with a 3-2 win for england uh, but that doesn't mean that australia will won't give them a fight i think australia are very much capable of winning this ashes series as well but i think home conditions are going to matter and uh, and england will take full advantage of them so yeah that's the preview of the first test match done i hope you enjoyed it make sure you are giving me those five star ratings on spotify and apple podcast make sure you are liking sharing and subscribing on youtube however for the time being this is me vatsalvora signing off Social Podcast Network.